Uh, good evening, Demon fans, and welcome back uh, to the Demonland podcast. It's been a uh, long, long summer, but footy's back. Well, uh, in fa- yes, it is back. Our uh, women's team is back, for sure. They uh, notched up their first win uh, deep in enemy uh, territory. Tonight, I'm joined by two co-hosts uh, that regular listeners of, of this podcast are familiar with. Demonland's own Great Viney. Good evening, Great Viney. How are you? I'm excellent, Andy. I think it's great that we're broadcasting from Oktoberfest, uh, <laughs> even though it finished a few months ago. Um, people are still here having a good time. So, yes. Well, just as long as everything's legal, uh, I've got no problem with it. Uh, we might talk about that one a little bit later on. Um, and uh, also joining us... Uh, you might know him as Adam 1.0 on Twitter. He has an entertaining and sometimes depressing blog called Demon Blog. <laughs> uh, and he's the author of The Great Depression. And on Demonland, he's known as Super Mercado. Good evening, Super Mercado. Good evening. It's lovely to be back and it's lovely to hear that jazzy uh, theme song again. It really puts a spring in my step that I haven't had since we last chatted. Yes, uh, I don't think we're going to discuss every every interview I've heard with any of the uh, Melbourne, anyone to do with Melbourne, uh, uh, either hasn't watched or rewatched the preliminary final. No one wants to talk about it. Uh, we're just moving on from that. Uh, is that the same? Has any, you guys have either of you watched or rewatched the? Absolutely play? not. Look, I, and I've had to take time out of my busy schedule to join the podcast tonight. I've had my head in the rule book, so I'm up to volume six of the AFLX rule book. <laughs> yes, uh, which is the chapter on the Gatorade game changer. Um, so there's a lot to get through there. So no, I haven't had time to to rewatch the prelim. Uh, and can I say, I, w- I would actually prefer to pay good money to buy a ticket to watch AFLX than watch a replay of the <laughs> preliminary final. Uh, I saw it unfold in front of my eyes once. I do not need to see a replay of it again. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the memories are raw and they run deep. And um, yeah, I don't think I need to subject myself uh, to that again. Um, I think the most insulting part of it for me was that in the middle of the West Coast theme song, I got the text message telling me my plane had been delayed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then they played Believe by Sure, which, one, how is that ever played at a sporting venue? And two, that is actually, fun fact, my most hated song ever released. And they, so I got, we were, I mean, it wasn't like a surprise loss, of course, but we got the siren with people cheering after they'd done the Mexican wave. <laughs> Very bizarre. Uh, we got the plane delayed and then we got my most hated song ever within the space of about five minutes. So, yes, uh, I, I don't want to relive any of that. I think I still have the sunburn from that day as well, <laughs> sitting scorching in the sun. Um, well, we will, um, we'll we'll put that all behind us. Uh, if you'd like to join us on the program tonight uh, to discuss any of the topics that we talk about, you can call us on zero three nine zero one six three triple six. You can Skype us at Demoland thirty one. Uh, if you're listening to the show live, you can also join us in our chat room where you can ask questions or post comments by heading over to demonland.com slash podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this later uh, on SoundCloud, 
uh, or via iTunes or Android podcasting apps. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive updates when a new show drops. And don't forget to leave us favorable, favorable reviews to help more people find us. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash demonland31 or Twitter at Demonland, Instagram at Demonland31 or search us on YouTube by searching for Demonland Podcast. And you can listen to interviews that we've conducted with current part and past players and coaches. Um, or if you just love talking about the Ds, uh, why not join us at demonland.com and you can chat with other demon fans in this crazy asylum. Um, now, with all that out of the way, uh, we had uh, Super Mercado. You were in charge of the demon bracket, which uh, pits Melbourne players against each other. Can you... Give us a little synopsis of the history of it and uh, how you picked um, picked the uh, bracket this year. Well, this was the eighth eighth season, the first time we introduced it to the Demonland universe. Uh, so thank you very much for for adding uh, your support to it as well, because that certainly pushed the numbers well into record territory this year. Uh, the idea of it came about ten years ago. I had a mate who would just send emails. He, he set up a bracket of just random things and would just send an email. So you get an email saying, which do you prefer, an eggplant or Old Trafford? <laughs> and you would have to say which one you preferred for a particular reason. Uh, and being that everything comes back to Melbourne uh, in my lifestyle, um, I thought what better could we have for a Twitter gimmick than a bit of a knockout tournament of, uh, of all the Melbourne players. But one thing I was, I've been very clear on right from the start, the, the voting criteria is the person's own criteria. It is not who is a better player. Yeah, I noticed, now, I noticed on Demon Land a lot of people were saying, uh, giving their reason because so-and-so is a better player. But no but one yeah, sort of just said... If that is your favourite reason, that's fine. No one just but said, it doesn't have to be. I like their haircut or, you know... Correct. I like which, the way they go about some it. Some people do. Like and some couple of people today said, oh, it's Nev's birthday. I'm going to vote for Nev <laughs> for that reason. Um, so, yeah, it's the eighth season now. Uh, I think now, well, if, if people don't know, we'll uh, we'll have to do the great reveal. The winner was Clayton Oliver uh, by a score of 122 to 112 uh, over Neville Jetta. Uh, well Neville done, was, Clary. Of course, Very winner close. Last year. Uh, Neville was our defending champion, so he's, he's done well to get to the final again. Uh, so that leaves quite a few winners on our list now. We've actually got some some real big hitters. you got... Everyone except the 2012 inaugural winner, James Frawley, uh, is still on the list. So you've wow. got Tom McDonald once, 2013, uh, Nathan Jones, 2014-15, Jack Viney, 16, Gorn, 17, Jetta, 18, and now Oliver, 19. So really sets up a cracker for Demon Bracket 9 next year with so many ex-champions in the field. Um, were there any surprises this year or, or did it pretty much go to form? It mostly went to form. I think the the wider your voting becomes, the less chances there is of a a wild upset. Uh, for instance, 2013. If you think back to to Tom McDonald's profile in 2013, he wasn't exactly a you know big household name at the time, but he uh, he got on Twitter and had a big campaign for himself. <laughs> uh, got a few novelty posts, hung it on his teammates, stuff like that, uh, and that carried him to a shock. Victory, the the biggest shock victory of all time, uh, but at that time the voting was very limited. Like even then, the final over Mitch Clark, there was ninety seven votes. But before that, uh, the semi finals only had about seventy votes in them. So whereas we had two hundred and twenty uh, this year, so it was certainly a, yeah. I think the more people you put in, um, the more the less chance there is of that massive surprise occurring. 
Uh, there wasn't too many close, but this is actually the closest battle of the entire tournament. Uh, the next closest one was probably the, the other big upset was Melksham over Petrarca uh, by 12 votes earlier in the tournament. So that was probably the only real upset. Um, but if there was no enormous uh, groundbreaking upsets. I think the first, sort of either the, the first sense, or second you, year. For um, at least the next few years, it's going to be Nev and Tom versus the midfield. Yep. And this, this is actually uh, a good a blow back for the midfield because for a few years, this was the only tournament that uh, Backman and Ruckman could ever win. <laughs> uh, of course, the first two winners were both Backman. And then you had Max Gorn in 2017 and Nev last year. So it's, it's yeah, a long overdue win in an award for the midfielders. <laughs> well, he's certainly well-deserved. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, hype uh, surrounding uh, Clayton Oliver. So, um, yeah, well-deserved. Well Can you just explain the, the way you've, you seeded, uh, seeded it? Yes. Well, it's uh, the number one is the, um, the defending champion. So Neville was the man, and then it was the next seven in the best and fairest. Um, it used to be, for a few years, it was the surviving members of the next seven of the best and fairest because someone would always leave in the middle, but this year it was just a, a straight out. Um, and the top three seeds went through, had an extra buy, so that was Jed Oliver and Gorn, uh, just to in, safe in the knowledge that they would uh, poleaxe any lower any on the card <laughs> players um, that we had where they were moved back out one round, which I thought worked quite well. Now, I've got – there was one controversy. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, that's I forgot about this, but yes, There's please one proceed. Controversy. For the first time – and Demon Land people will think that I'm just running an absolute shambles here, but this is the <laughs> first time this has ever happened. In my rush to get this all live and going, I neglected to enter Stephen May in the competition. So he was in the list. He was in the field. Ooh. Never got a game. This it almost makes it all null and void because he, he so, could have gone gone deep. <laughs> yes. So the committee has come together um, and in the spirit of the WWE's money in the bank contract, uh, which is where the person wins a match and may at any time of the year cash in a shot at the world title, we are offering Stephen May any time for the next 365 days the opportunity to write in to uh, at DemonBlog on Twitter, DemonBlogger at gmail.com, and issue the challenge to Neville Jetta, uh, to Clayton Oliver, pardon me, and we will put the title on the line in a one-on-one -on -one match. Have you That's... put this out on Twitter um, to, to, to ask May the question? Whether... He, he will be informed that that is his, his right to make that challenge. Uh, now, whether he does or not, I don't know, but uh, he'll have to pick his time. Pick his time if he wants to have a chance of knocking off Oliver. I still don't like his chances. I think he would have done okay in the tournament. Uh, but I, I don't like his chances one-on-one -on -one with Clayton, but he might want to wait until he's had a particularly good game or something and then just bang, cash it in and take his shot uh, and see if he can unseat the champion. But I, I can assure everybody involved in this tournament that there will be no such sh shenanigans next year uh, and that this... I have uh, subjected myself to the same integrity commission as Darren Weir. <laughs> yeah, this has got a bit of the lawyer X scandal about it where possibly up to the entire playing list um, could be challenging uh, challenging uh, uh, court, um, uh, making court challenges against you in the competition, I would have thought. 
Well, there's only one person we want to hear a challenge from, and that is a former captain of the Gold Coast. I want to see. I, I want to see that he's he knows he's got the uh, the challenge in hand. Don't want to see him use it yet because I don't think this is the right time. <laughs> uh, but he has 306 so till the the close of business on the 12th of February 2020, um, or the start of the tournament next year, whichever comes first. He may play that card. So we apologise to Stephen. Like I said, it's the first time that has ever happened uh, due to my excessive uh, haste and distractions in doing other things. The funny thing was no one actually noticed uh, and pointed it out. I noticed it myself and I did wrestle for a bit of whether I should just hush up and let it roll. But, you know, I I thought the Integrity Commission might uh, suspend the competition. I I certainly want to get to Demon Bracket 10 in two years' time at least before I give up. Um, So I, I came clean on it. Well, I think if you do approach him on Twitter, I think he might be receptive. He's been pretty good uh, in um, any time I've uh, tagged him in a post or something. He's usually liked it. So I think he, he might see it and he might respond. And uh, he's got an open invitation to come on the uh, Demonland podcast and take you to task. Um, or oh, he could issue the challenge live. That would be great. <laughs> and campaign. Yeah, yes. exactly. Well, that's what we want. We want campaigns like... I know Tom McDonald. I know he's out there. I know he secretly loves it. I think there might have been a uh, you know a bit of you know let's boys let's not get involved with this because apart from this year, apart from Max Gorn vote shaming someone for voting for Michael Hibbert over him, uh, there wasn't any real uh, player interaction. Like we had a couple of years ago, Jay Kennedy Harris was getting involved, and like I said, 2013 was just insane. With uh, you know there was McDonald, um, Grimes, Jimmy Tumpus. Nathan Jones, they're all into it. So I guess part of it's the drop-off in use of Twitter because uh, when I was looking for all the Twitter handles of mm. the players to add to the posts, you, half of them haven't been posted on in about two or three years. Yeah, um, yeah there's but, not many really active. But McDonald, I know you're out there and I know you secretly love it and you want to get into the <laughs> sizzle. But if you can't, if you're not allowed to, I respect that. Uh, so what, what did Gorney say? Uh... He just wrote back and said, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> to the vote that was uh, putting putting Hibbert over him, and again, this is the this is the uh, the voters' prerogative that uh, that particular person might have had a particular reason that they they enjoyed the works of Michael Hibbert, um, yep. and that's fine. I think um, probably the new people coming to the tournament in the in the Demonland universe probably not as used to that idea that it's not about the best player, unless if that's your favourite criteria, that's fine. Um, and one thing, a statistical uh, analysis of it, um, Jeddah actually won quite comfortably on Twitter votes uh, and the very small uh, collection of emailers came out strongly in favour of Jeddah. But he actually, Oliver, got up based on the votes of the forums, uh, yourself and Bigfooty, uh, and Facebook. Both, both came out strongly in favour of Oliver and that carried him over the Twitter audience uh, into a ten vote victory. It was, I, I was doing running tallies through the day, and it was it was pretty close most of the day. There was a few strange runs of like you'd get five people in a row on Twitter who'd all go for the same person, and then you'd get a run for the five people in a row all went for the other person. Um, but it was yeah, the forums, the forums got uh, the Hamburglar over the line. Well, we, you mentioned we were talking about this before we went to air um, that it was uh, people voted for Jeddah because it was his birthday today and happy birthday, Neville. Um, do you think that had that did have a, a sway over the results? I think that had a couple, but I also noticed one 
um, where it said, oh, it looks like Jed is going to win, so I'm going to go for Oliver. So that was someone basing <laughs> it on on the Twitter polls alone. Uh, they weren't they weren't doing their in an Anthony Green and, and looking deeper into the, the booths um, to understand that there might have been other other factors. Um, and, of course, there, the Demonland electorate was uh, was straight in at number two, the second biggest behind Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, your emailers are the smallest. Uh, there's just a few people who, uh, who, who won't, won't put their votes live or they're not on Twitter. Uh, and, of course, I put myself in that one as well. I always cast one vote each day, um, often for a losing candidate, including today, I must say. So you're saying you don't uh, publicly put, make your vote known? No, I just, I just put it in the emails, uh, in the emailers section. Um, but I certainly can assure the, the, uh, the listeners that there are no vote rigging shenanigans uh, <laughs> available. Um, I was, I'm a number one Tom McDonald fan, so if I was going to rig it, I would have rigged it to him <laughs> to, to get up. So in this one, I, I moderately preferred Nev. Again, not based on, on footy talent, just based on the fact that Nev is a great man and uh, Clary has many years ahead of him to, to dominate. But respect the, respect the views of the public and um, Clayton certainly gives us a, another ex-champion in the field next year. Uh, were there any rookies that um, that sort of got further than you expected, or were they pretty much out in the first round? Yeah, well, the, we had a we had a rookie preliminary round this year, which knocked out a few. So probably James Jordan, uh, he he picked up thirty five votes against Tim Smith in the second round. He was beaten comfortably, but he picked up thirty five votes. Uh, the other rookies were beaten pretty handily. Tom Sparrow went down eighty four fifty one to Braden Pruce. Uh, Toby Bedford suffered a uh, spectacular 130 to five mauling at the hands of Jake Lever. Uh, the only new player, due to one of the new players not getting a start, to get through to the second round was Braden Pruce. Yeah, I expected uh, that. And he he put on. Oh, I thought he might have done better actually against yeah, Jake so Hunt, I. but he went down 105 32 uh, in a pretty not a terrible. It's not bad. 32 is not a bad score. Uh, but I thought he might have, uh, yeah, he might have got sort of up to the fifties, maybe, and lost a close one. But a lot of support for him, given that uh, you know he's played about six games and we haven't seen much of him other than you know hauling some heavy-looking weights uh, in one video. So definitely a a, a good start for uh, Bruce. Were there any golden ducks? No, any unanimous uh, rounds? No, there has never. There's two things that have never happened. We've never had a zero. In the early days when the electorate was very small, we had a couple of ones, uh, and we've never had a draw. Now, ah. the draw is a real chaos feature because that puts both men into the next round. Okay. Um, so you do get the odd two, three-way match if, uh, you know, if we've got uneven numbers. Uh, but that, I've always wanted a draw, but never been able to, uh, to get one up. You don't, play, uh, so the, you don't play extra time? In Only in the grand one. final, <laughs> okay. And there was looking that it was looking that way in in this one for a while. We were looking at the old FA Cup style replay tomorrow, oh, uh, but fortunately day. that was avoided <laughs> by a decisive result. So yeah, the biggest win was actually uh, Neville Jetter over Jordan Lewis, one hundred and thirty-five to four. Wow! Um, in round three, so Lewis went through Tim Smith in the second round to qualify, but then he ran into the the Jetter bulldozer uh, and then the same round Tom McDonald beat Billy Stretch 134 to 5 so they were the two biggest wins uh, ever in the competition just because we've had a lot more a lot more people um, involved now 
but there's certainly four and five are, are nowhere near the lowest anyone's ever scored. Uh, like, for instance, yeah, I've just opened. Here's, here's a classic for you from the 2013 preliminary round. Jimmy Tumpus defeated Josh Tynan 44-2. to two. <laughs> And then uh, Tumpus went on to beat Shannon Burns 37-8. to eight. Uh, he, going into round two, where he uh, failed to Tom McDonald, fifty-four to fifty-four to eleven, he ran into the uh, steamroller campaign of well, McDonald. This must have been Tumpus's first year before he played a game, correct? Uh, correct. Before <laughs> he was, uh, before he, he was driven to Port Adelaide. Uh, so yeah, so definitely yeah. I think we've had a couple of ones over the years, but uh, never a nil yet. And I think now I notice. I reckon that you often see halfway through the day someone who just comes in and just does a a full one down the line of uh, the people who are losing by a lot. So I doubt we'll ever see a zero now. Yeah, there's always there's always one in the crowd. We had a, a poll going on. Dean Milan. We'll talk about a bit later about the logo on the jumper. And yep. uh, someone wrote uh, halfway through the day. Well. It's unanimous one way, so I've just voted the other way. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, you'd hate to be on a jury with these people. Yeah. Or you hate to be uh, the accused on a jury. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, a really, it was a really good competition this year. I probably didn't have uh, – I had to rush it a bit just due to other commitments. But, um, no, I really appreciate everyone uh, getting on board and, and having a crack at it, and we'll bring it back next year. Um, and I'll just, just re- reiterate that it doesn't have to be about the best player, but – if that's what if that's what you think, that's the most important uh, that's the most important thing to you. But it can be about anything else. So, congratulations to Clayton Oliver. Thank you for everybody for participating, and we'll uh, we'll roll out again sort of late January, mid February next year. Yeah, I look forward to it. Um, well, we'll move on from that. Um, well, congratulations to Clary. Um, I've got a feeling, yeah, he'll be he'll be back up there thereabouts again next year. All right, so pre-season training, we're well in the swing of things. Uh, have either of you boys had the pleasure of going down um, and catching the boys live? No. Super? No, no, I've only been to one training session ever, and it was when Neil Craig was in charge, uh, and he said to Jack Fitzpatrick, don't just fucking water lap it. That was his exact um, thing he yelled at Jack Fitzpatrick with his with Neil Craig with his socks pulled up to his knees. <laughs> That's my only uh, only appearance at training. I am considering heading down to the the scratch match against Collingwood on the twenty second. Yeah, I'm I'll available be, for that. I'll so. be there too, so I'll see you down there. Yes. Well, um, I'm I'm just hoping it's not one of these real ropey scratch matches where they sort of don't keep score and play eight quarters that are five minutes long and, you know, stop the game halfway and move players around and stuff like that. But um, because obviously it's it's all about my entertainment value, not about the uh, the footy club. So let's, I'm hoping it's at least a semi-respectable practice match conditions. Uh, well, I did get to – pre-Christmas I did go down to a training and uh, I must say – it seems very, very professional these days. I don't often go to pre-season training, but the last time I went was probably even before uh, the time that you've you've gone last. Um, there are a lot of support staff down there. Um, they're all wearing the red T-shirts, and uh, they seem to outnumber the, the players. There's that many support staff. Um, and that's not just all water boys or anything. These are actual, um, you know... Uh, 
trainers and there's a lot down there. So it's a really professionally uh, run thing. There's drones flying around. They've got cameras Gee, set up. It's it's pretty good. So, um, yeah, if you can get down to training, it's pretty good. Uh, were you guys concerned at the numbers that we had in rehab over the summer? We seem to have a lot in rehab. I think it's starting to dwindle down. Not really. Most of them are not serious. Like, obviously, a lot of guys had uh, post-season surgery, but um, most are due back pretty soon. Uh, I'd rather have the situation that we've got now than the one we had last year where uh, T-Mac and Viney we knew were gone for, you know, X number of weeks, six weeks, I think it was. Um, it, it seems like Lever is the only one who's really definitely going to come back um, late. It would seem. Yeah, well, when they say late, there's he wants to. Everyone who speaks to him, he's saying he wants to be there round one. Uh, other people are getting the round three to five, but it could be even till seven or thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, so he seems like the only one. The other two, like I'll give you the current rehab list. It's Jones, Viney, Melksham, Jeddah, and Hibbard, who who had knocks or something the other day at training, so they're just sort of there temporarily uh may who's just been you know had that uh, pulled out of the aflx um and uh we've got lever who's He'll be devastated yeah he would be uh also he's also pulled out of demon bracket yeah well that was uh not his fault uh, I, I was in cahoots with the <laughs> aflx organization to punish him for not playing uh, uh, uh baker and uh tim smith um so that's what it is now. Jones, I think it's a bit worrying. Um, he's been there Jones for a long time. Jones hasn't started running yet, has No, he? no. I think he... That's the issue with Jones. He apparently today wasn't even out at training. Um, and Melksham's been in the rehab group um, mm. for quite a while. Um, sort of doesn't look... So anyway, there, no one's saying that he's not going to be round one, but I'd put a question mark on that. But other than that, uh, Lever but, and Jones... Um, I think probably aren't. I mean, the only good thing you'd say about Melksham, if he was to miss a period of time, is that there's a lot of competition for that spot. You know, when you consider uh, Charlie Spargo, Mitch Hannon, uh, Jeffy Garlett is apparently really training well so far. So trading the house um, down. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, Corey Wagner down forward as well. So. Yep, Joel Smith potentially playing there too. So, well, by all accounts, Joel Smith has been training with the forwards. Uh, I would uh, definitely say he's going to be playing in the forward line uh, this year, at least start there. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, with Lever, look, I'm happy to not rush him after the the Viney uh, incident of a couple of years ago, where we we rushed back and it it all went uh, pear shaped after that. So. You know, and especially now, if May is there and ready to go, uh, it's not that bigger bigger loss for us. At least we've got one other big, tall, experienced player down there. Um, so I'd be happy for Lever. As concerned as I am about our first few rounds, uh, we've got a pretty tough draw in the first few rounds um, and a pretty tough draw in the last few rounds, I think. So I want to get off to a good start, but at the same time, yeah, he's got he's got many years left in him. Uh, let's not, buddy, break him straight away. 
Yeah, um, of of the uh, traded uh, players were traded in. Who are you the most excited uh, to see play this year? I'm, um, I'm excited for Proust. Like obviously May, you know, I'm very excited for May. But yeah, looking at Proust, I'm really interested to see how they manage him and Gorn together. Great finding. Uh, yeah, oh, interested in them all, really. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and particularly to see what KK can do. Um, I think there's that sort of unfulfilled potential uh, there, or perhaps not unfulfilled, but, you know, obviously he had these concussion issues, a bit like Angus. Um, so uh, he's meant to be very silky. So if he can be playing, you know, near his best footy, then uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and he was just basically tossed in on top of the May deal. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, what whatever we get for him is almost a, um, you know, almost a bonus. So I agree. Look, if he can, if he can play well, um, then, you know, we're laughing on that trade already, I think. Yep. Uh, from what you've seen, read reports, uh, do you think any of the rookies might uh, play uh, this year? Uh, not immediately that spring to mind. Um, you never quite know, do you? I mean, Bailey Fritch a bit out of nowhere. We wouldn't have expected Spargo to play as much as he did either um, yep. last year. Same goes for, for Spargo. So who knows? Um, uh, is it Marty Hall? Well, Marty, the, yeah, uh, well, he's more Collingwood of a VFL player. He's mature age, so I, I'd expect he might get some games early on. Um if any of the mm, young guys... Particularly with Lever missing. Yeah, yeah. And if any of the young... Out of the young guys, uh, that Tom Sparrow, everyone's saying, is built, you know, pretty mature-bodied, um, he might get a game earlier rather than later. But we've got the luxury as well, which is great, that we don't have to rush any of these guys in. They'll, they'll get in on their merits. Um, so it's not like back in the days with <laughs> drafting Jack Watts uh, that we sort of... Rushed him into the team as the great white hope. We don't. We don't need. Well, to do at that. least we gave him about eleven weeks. What about yeah, uh, Tumpus, as we previously <laughs> discussed? That was just bang straight in and straight into a a carnage session. Um, yes, I agree. Now it's it's better that we can season these players through the VFL and also a VFL program that is effectively our program. You know, it's mm. it's the Melbourne Demons in all but name. Um, yep. as opposed to 10 years ago when Casey was running their own race and sort of just throwing our players in the mix um, to suit themselves. So I think, look, I'm happy for happy for all the players, all these rookies, um, right down to your Corey Wagners and all that, to season themselves for a few weeks and, you know, prove themselves before we use them. Um, other massive news uh, just announced yesterday, uh, a new sponsorship uh True to form, true to type, stereotype, Jaguar um, are our new uh, co-principal partners, as they're called these days. Um, back of the jumper sponsor, uh, you happy with that? I love the look. If that's how it's going to look, um, as in what's up on the thread, uh, that looks great on the back of the jumper. Yeah, that, that that picture you saw at the back of the jumper, that's on our new training jumpers. We'll talk about those in a second. Um, yeah, that's how it'll look, 100%. That's how it'll look on the um, on the game day, Guernsey, yep. yeah, for sure. Well done. Yeah, it's great When look. I saw that somebody said uh, it was true to, true to type and a perfect fit, I thought maybe it's going to be the company that makes those little red and blue stickers that we stick on the back of our <laughs> cars. 
Um, that would have been true to true to type as well. well I, suppose. I immediately, when someone said that, I immediately thought Range Rover. Uh, either that Mount, or Mount Buller. Well, someone was saying that Range Rover owns Jaguar. No, so what it is is there's a parent company uh, out of India. Uh, Tata, Tata, whatever. That, They're yeah. the parent company. They own both Jaguar and right. and Ra- Land Rover, which is Range Rover. Right. Well, I must admit, I'm a, I must be a bad Melbourne fan because when I saw this news, my first reaction was I had no idea Jaguar was still an operating <laughs> concern. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I thought they had gone the way of the dodo, um, and potentially maybe they did at some point and they got resurrected or something. But um, I think it's a great logo. Um, I certainly can't see myself affording to buy any of their cars anytime soon. I'm more, I'd be more of an Opal man uh, on <laughs> my budget. Uh, isn't this like with uh, with the um, New Balance discount where you just get 25% off? 10%. Yeah, and you can stack them up. You just grab the codes off people who don't need them and, and buy 12 cars at at once. Uh, so that's that's the end of Infinity. I take it we won't be seeing we won't be seeing them again. They're already off the off the all the paraphernalia that I've seen of any of the coaches, which is kind of a disappointing because it ruins the gag about you know open the envelope. How many years will it take for Melbourne to win a premiership? Open the envelope, Infinity. Ha ha ha. <laughs> uh, so that that's pretty much put that classic gag away. Um, but I look, I, th- I think it's a great logo, um, and I and I would very much like to uh, to drive one of their cars if they want to. If they want to offer me one, and I'll, as a ambassador, <laughs> well, uh, if they would like to sponsor this podcast, we're, yeah, I'll happily take, take one. Yeah, um, we can do highbrow chat to appeal to the <laughs> you know A's and B demographics that they'll be going after. We could take the show on the road and uh, stop at different spots and have giveaways for all the people listening and standing there <laughs> watching. Well, what, what was that? Uh, what was that thing they had on the um, the website last year with the infinities, and it was the driving around in the car, and uh, you know, basically, basically a footy ripoff of that driving driving coffee with comedians thing. Uh, we could do that. Cars, yeah. We could do that in a Jaguar. Definitely. Uh, so Jaguar, um, you can contact uh, Demonland at Demonland dot com. Um, yeah, we'll happily uh, take your cars. Um, yeah, that, I mean, it's great to have a recognisable, instantly recognisable sponsor on the jumper because um, uh, no offence to AHG, but I didn't know who they. Still, don't know what they do. Um, it's good to have uh, someone. Do you know, you can known. still get Snowy Mountain drinking water. Really, really. Can yes. you build a Pioneer Homes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. Because I live in the middle Pioneer. of a housing estate, and I ain't seeing nobody. There's a company at the end of my street called Twitter Homes with the Twitter logo, which I can't think is legal. <laughs> uh, but I've never, certainly never seen a Pioneer Homes being built. They probably no longer exist. Um, well, uh, it's great to have have that uh, a big big name sponsor now it's only, apparently it's only a year so far i think from what people are saying it sounds like it's a it's dollar wise it's quite a large uh, sponsorship uh, something to do with uh, because toyota are the afl's major sponsors it has uh, to be a certain size yeah it has to be a seven figure size so that's great uh, that makes it at least a million it's probably plus that uh, that's great. If they uh, uh, maybe they're just putting their feet, testing the waters, and as long as we are successful next year, you know, go into finals deep, they'll probably be around, uh, you know, for for another year or, or maybe a longer term deal. 
Um, I always just wonder with these, like the amount of cars, like if it was, to, it's Toyota, Ford, like people are buying Toyota, all those cars left, right and center. Like I wonder how many people are actually purchasing Jaguars in Australia uh, and versus paying a million dollars for a sponsorship, at least a million dollars for a sponsorship, how many more Jaguars they're going to sell. It's like same with the Infinities. Opal was a totally different case because apparently that sold about 1,800 cars in all of Australia before they pulled out um, of Opal. So they certainly did their day there. But I just, I just would like to know, uh, again, Jaguar, if, you, if you're listening, uh, give me a free car, one, and uh, I would like to know what is the goal of a sponsorship like this with a company like Jaguar, which is not your mass market car that people are going to rock on down to the Jaguar dealer. Uh, on a Saturday and pick one up. I wonder what um, what their aim is to get out of it. We probably need a marketing expert uh, to come on and talk to us about that. I certainly don't know anything about it. But if you are a marketing expert, zero three nine zero one six three triple six, give us a call and uh, let us know. Um, good to have Jaguar on board and uh, look forward to many years uh, of them uh, giving the club money. Um, if you had been down to training, uh, you would have seen unveiled uh, during the Maroochydore training camp the new training jerseys, uh, Guernseys. Jerseys, very American word. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, Grape Viney uh, kind of reminds me of the uh, mid 90s uh, training jumper that we, uh, I think you had, I had it. Um, yeah, I've got the reverse one actually, which is the reserves one, Did which is the, the red, red, the red one. with the blue monogram. Okay, yeah, and worry. you're right, it does look a little bit like that, and I like it. Yeah, I like the new one. I like it yeah, too. I agree. I think it's great. Straightforward and simple, and uh, yep. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, the other thing uh, to do with that is we had a poll on Demonland. I saw on Twitter, uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter user Bobby Clark had put up a sort of a. You've seen the uh, the the Zurich logo we currently got, uh, which I think someone on Demonland described it as looking like a sticker that's just stuck over the AHG uh, old AHG logo on it. Yep. Um, so like the sticky tape over Energy Watch. Exactly, exactly like that. And um, I'm not sure if that's the case, but so he, he was uh, proposing that we do what we've done on the um, the training jumper and just have a nice, clean Zurich logo uh, done uh, just cleanly without that background, uh, you know, obviously put into the uh Yeah, into it's the, the reverse jumper. so that it's in the white rather than, yeah. Yeah, and I think it just looks cleaner. I totally agree with that. I, I don't know if that can be done. Uh, certainly on Demonland, uh, on our, just our poll today, with 85 members, I think 90% had said yes. So um, the majority rules. Uh, come on, yeah, well, The other 5% has it. been wacky because that, that is a no-brainer. Like I can see that the screenshot that you've posted here, that is an absolute no-brainer from a design perspective. But I just wonder if, again, if you're a marketing expert, ring in, uh, whether they want it to be in that box because yeah, stand out it, it catches the eye more. But, yeah, it, it does. It looks like um, – and I think we might have sticky-taped Opal eventually over um, over the top of Energy Watch because I've got a jumper that if you hold up to the light, you can actually see the Energy <laughs> Watch logo behind the sponsor. Um, but it does look pretty cheap and nasty and then comes right across the red V, which is, which is silly uh, in itself. 
Um, yeah, the only reason I can think of that they wouldn't do that is because they don't want it to get lost on the jumper during play. Yeah, look, I, I, I can agree with that. And look, it might be too late to change anything. They might have already had the jumpers all, you know, created and, and done. So although they have to get all, you know, all the jumpers with the Jaguar logo on the back. So uh, maybe there is time still. Um, uh, Simon Goodwin contract extension. Did you see that article this week um, which sort of, hinted or suggested that maybe uh, instead of, you know, uh, he might go, uh, what was it, that he'd, he'd he'd get a salary? He'd go do what a, a Bolton at Carlton is who's on a salary and um, actually a um, an employee of the club. I, I don't know. Do you, do you guys understand what they want to do here? I saw an excruciating press conference with, was it Bolton or someone else at Carlton? No, it was uh, Chris Judd on uh, on the Footy Classified, actually, where he was he was trying to explain Bolton's contract and the way it's structured, um, and he was sort of defending themselves for not renewing the contract, but um, it made for great telly because Judd was squirming, which is always good to watch. But no, I don't understand the legalities of it or the way it's structured in a you know for certain things. Then the last time we tried to get cute with the coaching structure, we had the coach um, reporting to the CEO, uh, and in in the uh, Dean Bailey era, and that didn't really work uh, work a treat. So I hope whatever shenanigans they've got lined up this time, that uh, the reporting lines remain yep. sensible. And, it's oh, and I don't think he could take anything. Get an extension, and he deserves one and should. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone who will disagree with uh, not giving the guy an extension. Uh, does any, do either of you guys know uh, whether he's when he comes out of contract? Um, no, no. Okay. no. I would have assumed three years. This being the third year, um, but yeah, whether there's whether there's been triggers and the like in the background, they certainly haven't haven't talked it up. Um, but I, I can't see in in these days a coach coming in on less than three years because they'll either they'll either get the security of the three. I mean, they you know people are so desperate to coach they'd probably come in on one year. But then then that would be the big media story that you don't have any faith in this bloke. You're only hiring him for one year or two years. So I, I can't see him being on anything less than three. Uh, and I think that uh, yeah, pending a complete random disaster this year. Uh, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't shouldn't get an extension. It says here that um, and and the Herald Sun, the amount of times I have to uh, put my username and password into the website is just ridiculous. Um, Melbourne is considering placing Simon Goodwin on a rolling contract and not a set term contract as talks ramp up on a new deal. Um, in, doesn't really give much uh, information about what what that what that entails, but um... I'd love to know what he thinks about that. You know, because it's one thing it's one thing. You know, he's going to sign it, but if he's on the rolling contract, does whoever get the boot at the end of this year? And he goes, "I'd like some security." They offer him a five year contract or something, and he goes, "See you later. Uh, I'm out the door. I'm off to coach St Kilda," um, because they're going to give him a contract, whereas where presumably only rolling it from year to year 
you'd need to know the, the intricacies of it. Yeah, who knows? Yep. All right. Um, moving on from that. Um, well, do we uh, do we talk about uh, your favourite competition, um, uh, Super Mercado, which is the AFLX uh, competition? Um, were you uh, at all surprised um, on? Uh, <laughs> first of all, did you watch? Um, did you watch the uh, draft? Uh, I'm guessing you didn't. Uh, no, no. <laughs> see, I, I'm I'm trying to take to this like when it comes to AFLW, and you see people complaining about it and bitching about it, and yet they're still watching it. I always think that's the stupidest thing of all time. If you don't like something, don't watch it. And that's where it comes to me with AFLX. Like even last year when we were playing, the only reason I turned on was when I found out we made the final because I. And this is the saddest thing of all time. I thought I may never see Melbourne win anything. <laughs> In my lifetime. And so now I have. Uh, I've seen them win some crappy X that looked like it was bought at the bloody Lincraft foam department. Um, if it's not if it's not the team is not called Melbourne, I have no interest whatsoever. Um, and yeah, I, I don't wanna be that person like the AFLW people who can't help but hate watch it. Um, I, I reserve the right to throw in a few nasty comments here and there but otherwise i would just exclude myself from the process and i wish them well well look i i did i did watch this draft um because i well run a demons website um so i've got a sort of uh you know demons are involved in this i wanted to see who's picked i i, I sort of it was quite a funny feeling i didn't want our players to be picked but i was a little bit insulted that we didn't get a one of our players picked until like pick 27 or whatever it was um i, I thought we were i think we're underrated as players but then i realized um i think they had a pool of about 100 players i think all clubs had to put up players' names, and I have a feeling we did hold back quite a number of players uh, on the guise of they're still in the rehab. Like I think at the time, Oliver, Brayshaw, Petraka, all those type of guys were probably, at Viney, were, weren't included in that pool because they're, inverted commas, in the rehab group. And I think that there's was no a tactic, doubt. There's tactical There's no doubt that's reason. the way it works. And there's no doubt that you have to put up a certain number of reasonable calibre players. You can't just, uh, let's say it's eight players you have to nominate. You can't just send your eight draftees yeah, and right. uh, and rookies. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got to send some known players. So so that's why the, we had uh, Jeddah yeah. as well, because afterwards I, I put on to his Instagram that uh, he should have been picked uh, uh, and he said, no, his body's not ready. So... Um, yeah, I think we had a, a number of players we, we kept out of it. But, yeah, Tommy McDonald, uh, May, they probably put him down. And I have a feeling they knew May was going to get picked and they knew that he wasn't going to – he was going to pull out because I think he tweaked his hammy before all of this, before like even prior to Maruchidor. Good conspiracy. Uh, so you're saying you have to prop a certain number of good players. So put up one that you know is going to pull out with a legitimate injury. So that that's one less player that we have play. It's very smart. Well, I, very I, smart. I, I think we did that. Um, maybe Tommy McDonald might just oh, toes a bit sore on the night. But uh, how did we end up with our effectively the two bookends of our team in there? Like, 
yeah, I understand Melksham is in the rehab group as well because yeah. from what I understand of last year, he was the standout best he, player he practically fantastic. in the entire competition. Yeah. Um, but obviously we're not picking uh, we're not picking people on that front. We're picking them on on razzle dazzle and uh, you know how much press they can get. Uh, I'm surprised Gorn didn't get roped into it. Um, being someone that they could, um, you know, wheel out for media and stuff like that, that was a surprise. Yeah, I'm surprised. We Melbourne obviously didn't allow it. There has to be because he would have uh, he would have been perfect for the AFL. Everyone from other clubs, they love him. He, he's he's a character. Um, he would have been great for the banter that they had going on that on that yep. night. Um, uh, yeah, there must have been something there. And and their ridiculous attempt at uh, trying to be like the NBA, where it's like the players will have an open dress code, so they'll <laughs> yeah. be able to wear whatever they like when they come into the stadium. And it's like, oh my god, I'm like, like I put on Twitter, I'm trying so hard to be live and let live about this, but that is just so cringeworthy. Oh. And, and and I just I still I still don't understand where they're going with this. And I remember posting this last year when people are like, oh, yeah, but this could get the game up internationally. Like, where where does this lead to the game being played internationally? Like, are they going to put it – is this – you know, they always talk about when Port Adelaide play in China. Oh, this game was seen on the Chinese TV channel and a million people watched it. <laughs> is the DVD going to Shanghai TV? No. You know, is it going to go on ESPN? Is it going to go – like, they've just lost the – they've lost the thread of what they're supposed to be doing. It's like when the sub rule came in and they couldn't decide – what it was for? Was it for reducing congestion? Was it for replacing injured players? They just they couldn't get the story right on what they wanted it for, um, and it's the same with this. Like, at least explain to us what you're trying to do, and then we might be more open to it. Look, I, I don't think they're marketing this to you and I, to the generation above us. Certainly not. Uh, this is purely for the kids. Like my nephews, who were ten and twelve. Love this. They, I mean, might have to do because they're Geelong supporters and Dangerfield's face is plastered all over this uh, thing. So that that could be part of it. But they are all in, and all their mates are all in. They they love love it. Um, so that's I guess who they're marketing towards. But I agree, there's no market for it overseas. No one's going to all of a sudden want to play this AFLX game. I think they miss the boat rather than doing all these, um, uh, you know. The, the comic book uh, theme that they've gone with, maybe because of the whole Marvel Stadium thing, um, I think they should have done State of Origin. Uh, you know, have Vic, Western Australia, South Australia, and the Allies. That might have made people. That like would you certainly have got it. I mean, not that I, I have zero interest in State of Origin personally, but the, the our generation that would have roped them in more. That's what I'm saying. So the kids are already in. It doesn't matter whether you do comic books or whatever. They're, they're probably in. Try and get us on board by having a bit more of a, you know, a stake in it with the with the whole state uh, thing. But, yep, that's AFLX. We'll see how it goes as long as none of our players get to uh, Look, all it's going to take is is like a danger field or someone like – or Rewalt um, to get injured and have a serious injury – and uh, we'll see what happens from there. It should be pointed out our practice match against Collingwood is actually on the same day as that. That's the morning of, yeah. So, touch wood, we don't get a situation where we get a serious injury in that 
Oh, yeah. And then, and then every man and their dog comes out unscathed in AFLX and it'll be like, well, look, you played a yeah. you played a bloody half-assed scratch game against Collingwood and Person X, you know, broke their jaw or something. And look, here's Patrick Dangerfield and he's just swagging away with a big bag of cash having had a, a lovely trot around Marvel Stadium um, of a night. So... Yeah, like injuries can happen anywhere. There's there's preseason games, there's training sessions. How many times have we had players not even make it to to the end of January um, and they're out for the season? So I'm not as concerned about the injury side of things, um, and I'm really not concerned all that concerned about you know fatigue or anything. Like people sort of hang it on Dangerfield, like oh you know you're the guy who wants a shorter season, but you're taking the cash to play this. Like the intensity of this will be like walking down to the shops to get a chicken roll. It's, it's will be so low intensity. Um, that's why I let it happen. I don't know what the kids who are getting into it. I don't know what the next step is for them, Like that's fine. But what we just come back in a year and the kids come again and go, this is awesome. And then they come back in a year and then, you know, three or four years later, they can't be bothered. And some other kids come in, like, is there going to be a secondary circuit running? Are they going to run it in the off season? Um, to try and rope in their kids and to try and take on your big bash, your A-League um, in that market, that's the only thing I can think of. But then do you get the, do you get the best players? Like yeah. you, could have any, you could have anyone play AFLX in November. Yeah, but no one's going to go watch some no-name play Correct. AFLX in November. Like the, the, the whole uh, – I don't like this whole concept. Like I can understand why they did the big bash, you know, because cricket, the long-form game – you know, losing viewers, whatever. Yeah, but it's the same game. I can understand. Yeah. Big yeah, Bash is just shorter cricket. Yes. They're but, not hitting – you don't get eight for hitting it into a certain spot of the ground yes, and, yeah. you know, upside-down bats and all that. Like, well, they, they keep their shenanigans to, like, you know, bales that light up and things like that. Well, footy as it is isn't broken enough, even though the AFL continue to tinker with rules and all that. It's not broken that you need to change the rules and change the form, you know, to make a shorter game. And then I think to make this shorter game more exciting, the AFL think that they need to do, you know, the, the 20 points or whatever. Or they, they had some ridiculous new rule, you know, in the last 10 minutes. I don't know. I, don't I think that it's happy. actually, if you're going to do it, you should be as stupid as possible. You should be turning into a, into an NBA jam style thing. Oh, I'm serious. Like if you're going to do this, it's a joke that you've got the best players involved in doing this. But if you're going to play a different version of the game and you're trying to flog it to people who love video games and, you know, kids who love esports and all this kind of stuff, then <laughs> it should go as zany as possible within reason, within reason, of course, like it's still got to, still got to be generally AFL, but let them have the the playing the joker for double points. And I reckon they should have spots on the ground where if you kick a goal from, you know, this particular spot, you get seven points or something like that. Like a, like, you know, the board game of test match. If you hit it in a certain zone, you get a certain amount of runs. Like, oh, I reckon just go as bloody crazy as possible. If you're going to do it anyway, there's no point in playing this game with a couple of rule tweaks and then it's just less players on a square field doing exactly the same thing. Like, I don't understand the point of that. I would probably get into it more if it was if it was a bit more, um, like, yeah, zany shit going on, multi-balls and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But as it is, it's kind of just token, token stuff being chucked on top. And, you know, again, good luck to the kids. 
Uh, but I don't understand what the strategy in this whole thing is. Yeah, I don't know. I think the 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 reason we've got all the stars playing is because they had to, otherwise no one would go watch it. But the the only other option you've got is to rope in the like the sort of recently retired players. Um, you don't want your you know EJ Witten people who are totally past it. But how you get, you're not going to fill you're not going to fill enough. Even if you had half half, if you had you know if you had Dangerfield and Brent Harvey or something, even then. Is anyone gonna? Is anyone gonna care? Maybe they will. Um, I, I I guess it's the same as if you're gonna have Dangerfield and some whoever was the last pick in the draft on the team. Like once they got to the bottom of that list, it was some pretty ropey players. Um, you know, no one's going to see them. They're all going to go see the top end. So whether you could have had the sort of five five great players on either t- on each team and then just ring in a couple of you know, well-known recent ex-players. Um, again, that might have got a few people out there, out there to watch. So I take it you're not going. <laughs> uh, no, with respect, I oh, yes, I will be uh, doing anything other, and I will not be watching. Um, but again, if people like it, if people are into it, best of luck. But uh, I, I choose not to participate. Grapevine, are you going going to be uh, attending at Marvel Stadium? It's a pass. For it's me. a pass. Well, I, I I am going. I'm taking my nephews again. They wanted to go, and that's the reason uh, I'm going. Taking my nephews and a couple of my daughters uh, down there. So um, yeah, I'll fly the flag for uh, Tom McDonald. It's your fault when uh, by <laughs> round fifteen there's like a Gatorade super changer <laughs> yeah. in the main in the main stuff. I won't cheer. I promise. <laughs> um, Doesn't matter as long as your number goes through the gate. And they'll count it twice. <laughs> they will. You've, you've done. You've done everything they want you to do. I'm a sucker. Um, so, do do we discuss uh, your thoughts on the Jack Watts video? Um, uh, how munted do you have to be before this incident to think that people aren't going to take the snorting of a substance that is legal the wrong way? For me, it's not even whether it's legal or not. I think it's uh, it's a bad look, uh, you know. Uh, you know that it doesn't look like it's the first time. You've but done do you not like think that, that that's going to bring scrutiny on you when you're a player that you've had nothing but scrutiny for ten years? Like that's what I'm saying. Like how blind on let's just say alcohol or something was he to think that this was a sensible idea in his head to say, oh, not to like a normal person would go, right, there's a guy with a camera, <laughs> a guy with a phone. It's probably not I have not had 10 either. years of scrutiny in my career. I reckon that having to explain that this is a legal substance is, is too worth the hassle to actually do it. Um, but I am impressed that in his famous leaked Facebook messages, he uh, expressed the wish to do a line off a, pair of bristols um and in a legal way he's achieved that (laughs) yes uh yeah uh, not a good look and uh, i'm quite happy that uh it wasn't our mess to clean up for once and i was happy that most of the um articles had pictures of him in a port jumper and were primarily referred to as a port player not a a melbourne player or an ex-melbourne player that that, yeah. that that was the silver lining for me. 
Yeah, somebody responded on Demon Land that it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to this, but I don't think that's going to be that interesting at all. We know how he responds. He's had X number of kicks up the bums and pats on the heads and hugs and nothing changes. So what's going to change this time? I don't like the idea that we've got to play them in round one uh, because if there's any time ever where he's looked like he's going to break out, it's always in the first few weeks of a season. So <laughs> he's, he's he's not going to play. I'd be surprised if he plays round one. Oh, I'd be, ordered, I'm just hoping not, just for this reason. And you know there'll was, be people yelling stuff about swimming over the fence and everything. Like let's just just come in, come in, just take the week off and start your season in week two. Great, Viney. What uh, for? What reason do you think he's not going to play because of this um, indiscretion? Well, I know. I know he was ordered back to training along with the first years. Yep. As punishment for the um, swimming yep. incident, uh, and with this on top of it. Um, I'd say he's very, very much on the outer, and I would, uh, I'd even go so far as to say this is his last year playing senior football in the AFL. Yeah, you would think if he doesn't hit his straps and get, you know, get a higher possession count and uh, more goals on the board, because every week I, I sort of have a look at his stats. You know, um, they're always about ten possessions, twelve possessions. Uh, four, three marks, one goal. Uh, that's about yeah. it. And if Port miss the finals again this year, they're going to start. Not saying, not they're saying they're going to clear out and bottom out, but they're going to start looking for who who can we chop that's not adding value. Um, so yeah, you wouldn't want to be making a, a dickhead of yourself um, going into this season if Port Adelaide don't do well. Yeah, which yeah. I don't think particularly they will. No. All right. Um, uh, looking towards the JLT uh, expectations, you think we're going to rest players? Think we'll try out the two rucks or just play Prusi solo? Um, expectations, mm, boys? Not sure. Not sure. We tend to. We, in the last few years, we've tended to take these hitouts pretty seriously. Um. Although I think, you know, particularly in the early ruse years, that was because we needed as much yeah. match practice as, as possible. Um, but remember, or, we, we've yeah. come off a longer year and yeah, expecting so a longer year. and things like yeah. that. So, yeah, we, we can yeah, only I'll, wait and see. I, th- I think it'll be – I think the rookies will get a run. I think they'll probably split it. They'll probably play one with Gorn and Proust and then one with just Proust on his own. Yeah, see how he stacks up. Yeah, look, there's no point Gorn playing Gorn in both. We know exactly what he's going to do. Um, there's no surprises there. They just need to to test out whatever their whatever their plan is to play both of them. Um, and yeah, there's there's a few years back there, pretty much every year until last year, that we'd die a little bit later in the season because we'd played, you know, we'd played basically four or five games at the start of the season, or three or four games at the start of the season with just our best squad. Yeah. Um, and then one year we died in the middle of, we, under Ruse. One year we died in the middle of the season. One year we died sort of three quarters, ninety percent of the way through the season. One year we died, you know, in the in the last round last year under Goodwin when we did it. Um, so I think now we've got the luxury of there are players that you just know what you're going to get. 
we don't need to be putting them out in, in – I know one of the games is in – one's at Casey, one's at Shepparton. Um, we don't need to be putting them out on some ropey ground at Shepparton um, when we know exactly what we're going to get. Um, and you've got these got, got these rookies, um, the ones who are reasonable chances of playing at some time in the first half of the year. You may as well just roll them out against a decent opposition and see how they go. Uh, Shepparton, the game uh, – uh, uh, first of all, are these JLT games, are they televised? I believe they were last year. Yeah, they've, they've all been televised for the last couple of years. I think the last year – when we played the Bulldogs in Ballarat, that was the last year they didn't televise all the preseason games, or certainly all our games. I um, seem to I recall watching that. How, how would I have watched that? That was. It was broadcast online, online by um, that. some crappy visual uh, quality. I saw the pilots of later with the camera going all over the place <laughs> um, with Hutchie on commentary. Yeah, I seem to remember watching that. I, I just. Uh... Uh, yeah, so and, and I see that they're selling tickets to those games, um, and some I thought somebody said it had sold out. Maybe the Casey game had sold out, and I found that quite nah, difficult to believe. Um, yeah, I'm tempted by the Shepherd and one, but at the same time, if it was sold out, that would probably be a good thing for me to uh, to not. <laughs> Half- to not do that, I'm halfway there, so it's it wouldn't be too too big a, a trip for me. But um, yeah, it would probably be better just as part of my, uh, my my year of trying to slightly uncouple from Melbourne as a shift worker, not to be going uh, to all ends for practice matches. How far is Shepparton uh, from Melbourne? It's two hours. I think it's about two and a bit hours. Mm. So, I'd be into it, but if it wasn't on TV, I'd be 100% into it. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's time to uh, to start just calming down a bit after a, a decade of bloody destruction going to every end of the earth. Um, and then Casey's just way too far from me. It's like a three and a half hour round trip now to get to Casey and back for me. So, I think I'll, uh, I think I'll just tap out of this preseason um, and just watch uh, watch these on telly. Uh, now you've had had plenty of time to look at the draw uh, this year. Did you uh, have you calculated how many games you can attend? What's your? Oh, I re- I don't know about actually attending in person, but I reckon I think it's about an AF eighteen four or seventeen five split of games where I'll at least be able to watch. Oh, that's good. Uh, without having to do like you know watching on a phone under my desk at work <laughs> like I was of the, on on the. Uh, on that first, the Fremantle AFLW game, I was just doing a dodgy watching it on a phone um, and missed much of the third quarter when we actually played well because I was doing important things that I was required <laughs> to be doing. Um, so there'll be a, probably be a couple of them during the year. But, yeah, I think I'll be, I think I'll be good for most of them, which is good. Um, so if anyone wants – the offer's already gone out on Demon Blog, but if anyone wants to be a guest reporter, uh, I'll certainly be looking for guest reporters for a couple of games this year. Interesting. Um, so uh, AFLW, we'll just quickly touch on. Have you, you said you watched uh, under your desk one. Did you watch last week's game? Yes. Um, I think Collingwood are no good. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not sure what to take out of that. And the conditions um, were terrible they, as well. It was that the Fremantle game, it was just an anomaly in us kicking goals. And even then we did it in bursts. There's just, I think, the, and the defence was pretty ropey that day as well, but they very much improved against Collingwood. Yeah. 
I think the secret is find find a forward who can take a mark over a head, um, and we'll be laughing. Yeah. Like that that's the only thing that that team lacks. Um, and I note um, because I'm Tyler Hanks took a a really good overhead mark in the forward line to kick the, the sm- last goal of the game the last small, week. Smallest girl on the field as well. Yeah, <laughs> but you need you need somebody who can take a mark. Like I reckon that's the secret to unlocking AFLW. Get it. Get a player who can take a grab, um, and a sort of a running from behind, leaping mark over someone's back or something, fifteen twenty meters out from goal, um, and you just smash the competition if you do that because, you know, a lot of it at the moment is just just dump kicks into the forward line um, because there's no point hitting a player 45 metres out on a lead because you're not going to make the distance. So I think a lot of the goals, the goals are going to have to be created closer to the goals um, and that's going to lead to a lot of just dump kicks. So if you get a player down there who can crash a pack and take a mark, potentially some crummers as well would be nice. Um, I think that even without Daisy Pierce and the team, that, that's, that would just... We'd win the comp easy that way. But now, without that, um, and with that loss in the first game, uh, I reckon if they lose this week, they're, they're in a lot of trouble. I'm not sure how, the, how they came about with the, um, the, you know, they got the two conferences. And if you have a look at the ladder this week, the top five teams, uh, if you join the ladders together, um, the top five teams are all from our conference. Uh, do you know how they worked out these conferences? Because they're clearly not um, dartboard yeah. blindfold. Yeah, was that how they okay. did it? Was it a random thing, or did oh, they try to no see idea. the teams? No, not sure. I'm sure there was some uh, scientific bullshit behind it. Yeah, it hasn't worked out very well. I think uh, I, I like the first round where we were below the ladder. We kicked the second highest score in the competition, yeah. and we were below a team that had kicked one goal eleven. <laughs> which is just a quirk. It's not a quirk of conferences or anything, uh, but uh, that was was an insult. Yeah. Well, boys, it's good to be back. Um, I think we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, be back during the JLT. Um, Hopefully you might be know. Does does anyone know what JLT stands for yet? It's it's a company, isn't it? I don't know what they do. Uh, Kind of like um, I didn't know who AHG were. Still don't know. Uh, JLT, uh, no idea. JLT Australia, insurance broking, broking. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Risk consultancy. Yeah. Well, there you go. Free advertising. If I need insurance, if I need insurance, <laughs> I'll be sure to, uh, to go through them. Yeah. All right. Well, very nice to have both of you back. Um, and, uh, well, Super Mercado, hopefully we can chat with you a little bit during the year as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, good to be, good to be on, good to line up the games I've actually been able to watch and the nights where I'm available. It'll be, uh, yeah, great to chat. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. All right. Um, well, that's the uh, pre-season version of uh, the Demon Land podcast. Uh, we were just flexing our muscles and trying to get back into um, into this whole thing. Uh, we'll be hitting the ground running once we get into the JLT and then into the full season. Don't you worry about that. All right. Um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.